HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian sitting areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when their travels bring them to Washington. For more information, visit www.tabardin.com. Hello, Greenhorns. Welcome to Greenhorns Radio. This is yet another episode of a program devoted to the needs, wants, desires, vision, and fortitude of young farmers all around the country. I'm your host, Severin, located here in the Hudson Valley, in the middle of a very busy spring that was cold and wet and cold and wet, and then went crazy hot and is now kind of settling out. All the leaves are like lettuces, uh, the oak leaves and the maple leaves and all the birds are singing, and it's just quite a scene. But you're down there in Florida. This is Noah. How's it going? Yes. Oh, going great. How are you, Severn? Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a great pleasure. I, um, I've been hearing about your project from people, and I, um, I've been hearing about the horrible, crazy weather you had down there and f- the freeze that knocked back a bunch of citrus. Will you just give us a little, um, little climate check-in? Sure. Um... Yeah, right now it's actually hot as you can imagine. <laughs> it's uh, been near 100 degrees for the past most of the week. And uh, so that that actually seems some vague, distant memory <laughs> um, of it actually being cold here. But, it, yeah, there was there was some, some damaging cold. Um, I mean, for us, we're small enough that we, we actually have frost cloth to cover our fields with and... Um, so our our farm wasn't as affected as some, but but uh, certainly the more kind of commercial growers were having a lot to deal with. So you survived okay, but there was a lot of crop damage. I I know that. Yeah, yeah, we we did fine. We I mean we kind of anticipated we had a similar situation the year before. Um, it just came really early this year. The year before it came, you know, in late late December, early January, and that's more typical. And this year it was like December, and the frost came really heavy. And so that, I think that was kind of the, the shock of it, was more of the timing than the actual temperatures. So there you are on your swallowtail farm, and you're ready and you have your remain in place. What's going on on that farm? What does it look like? Give us a picture. Um, well, I'm actually leaving it right now, and um, it's 
different than a lot of Florida in that in that there's hills here. We're kind of along the ridge of Central Florida, and it's a really beautiful area um, north of Alachua in Alachua County. Um, there's like these rolling hills and lots of pasture around. Um, so our soils are actually a little different too. Um, a little more fertile up here. And there's a creek that runs through the farm, and it's about 30 acres of the land in total, and then we, we cultivate about three right now. Um, and we're just about two years old now. We started two Junes ago, and uh, we, we began with a CSA. That was kind of the original vision. Was That would be the heart of what we're doing. And uh, we started with about 35 members, and at this point, well, this past Wednesday, we brought about close to 100 bags of produce to the market. Um, and those are all CSA shares. Um, and, yeah, right now, is a, is a, it's a bountiful time of year in a way. It's, it's getting toward the hotter times where some things are falling off. But, you know, we don't have lettuces now. But up until a couple weeks ago, it's kind of the crossing of seasons here. So we have sweet corn and potatoes and tomatoes and um, some people have eggplant and peppers and basil. We also have greens still and beans and some people have peas still, squash and zucchini and cucumbers. It's mostly getting on summertime now. Getting on summertime. It sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a band. <laughs> so here you guys have been going on that for two years in um, – is this your first farm, your third farm, your tenth farm? Where do you stand in your career? Oh, this is yeah, this is my first farm. I have a partner, Zach, and we we started it together. We we actually were just we we lived next door to each other in town in Gainesville, Florida, and uh, I'd been staying at home with my two children gardening, and because uh, it was something that they could do with me, and uh, I'd been doing car- like building work and stuff, but um. So we started gardening in town, and we ran out of space where we were. We planted things everywhere. We made garden beds wherever we could, and um, my, my the, the grandparents of my children had offered the use of their land to uh, to grow on before to uh, me and and uh, Liz, their daughter, and so I I asked them if we could take them up on it, and we started what we felt like was a big garden out of their house. Um, And then while we were doing that, we kind of just were too enamored of what we were doing to quit. And so we plotted how we could continue to do it and try to make our living from it. That was kind of the hatching of it. So this is your full-time job now, year two. You don't have have any other off-farm situations? Or or Liz, is still your partner? yeah, no, I, I don't. Um, personally, my Zach, my partner in it, has a little bit of side work at a, at a pizza pizza joint here. It's a really kind of almost famous place, <laughs> local local pizza pizzeria. Um, he works just like a night a night a week there, I think. Um, but yeah, we've both been doing our best to sustain our families on it. Been a, been a little challenging at times, but but uh, you know, it's been also been really amazing and rewarding, and uh, I feel like we're just kind of getting into the the viability part of it, 
now. So you haven't had a chance to, to probably, if you're in year two and you've been going that hard and up all the way to three acres, you've probably been putting up a lot of infrastructure and crazy busy like a maniac person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been a lot of things. I mean, irrigation and our barn and walk-in cooler and, you know, some implements and building our... Uh, Gosh, what else? We have chickens, we have bees, a little bit, and uh, planning on getting pigs soon, and planning on getting some cows, maybe a milk cow. So, yeah, there's not been tons of time for, like, you know, things much beyond the vegetables and getting the things ready to be able to handle them. But, uh... I feel like, yeah, now now the groundwork is somewhat laid, and hopefully we can kind of branch branch the tree. And and what are the other branches of the tree where you live? Um, you were mentioning this pizza pizza parlor that's famous, and I'm hopeful that they are buying local produce. What are the, some of the adjoining institutions and um, spaces uh, where your Gainesville local food scene is, is bumping? I know that there is one because I... I've been emailed by four separate parties in Gainesville about oh, wow. doing the movie. So I was like, yeah, those Gainesville people are sure on the pulse. Yeah, well, it's, I feel like it's, an, it's kind of exciting here, mostly because we're kind of way behind everybody else. Or, like, not everybody else, but, you know, definitely behind the Northeast and, and out West and a lot of the Midwest. I feel like the, the food culture is, like, just arriving. And, I, and I, I mean, I think it's with the mainstream in, in a way that, Michael Pollan and his work, and um, yeah, I felt like it was some watershed event when he was on Oprah Winfrey last year. But um, we're we're th- actually this next month. Um, another thing that I worked on, haven't been working on just the, during the CSA season this year, but is uh, we're opening a food co-op uh, in Gainesville called Citizens Co-op, and that's kind of been in the works for about four and some years now, almost five years maybe. So that's exciting. And then a lot of the local restaurants are just beginning kind of to really have any interest and begin to buy food. And, you know, they're I think they're keying on the fact that there's a real marketing opportunity there too, of course. But I think the, it's an authentic effort too. You know, people are really, I feel like just beginning to understand why. So they're beginning to understand why. And what are the so if you're in the early stages of that rebuilding food local food system, what are the mm-hmm. first businesses that have been like real champions? I mean, um, obviously coffee is a big part of um, fueling the local food system. But do you have a local baker? Do you have a local brewer? Do you have a cheese cheese situation? Yeah, it's pretty actually, hot down the... there for cheese. But maybe maybe you're doing it anyway. Yeah, no, there's there's um there's folks making cheese, there's folks making um yogurt and you know, selling milk and raw milk and um of course it's pet food. <laughs> we have we have a our state situation here is is uh, a little lagging in that respect too or um but there's yeah, local local brewery, my friend just opened a couple couple years ago now. It's starting to 
be all over the place. They're winning awards and stuff. And there's a couple local coffee roasters. There's a couple local bakeries. Yeah, there's. And I, I feel like the the, uh, the as a whole, it's just beginning to gel as kind of a a community around it. You know, I feel like because all, a lot of these entities are new, it, it's people are more inclined to actually communicate about it and with with one another and kind of celebrate it a little bit. And you're celebrating in some serious heat, um, but what is the conventional ag um, backstory? What has, um, I know Gainesville is a university town. Um, is there an ag department at the university, or is it not an ag-oriented school? And what, um, yeah, the, like, what are the major commodity crops that you're seeing around you in the land? Yeah, right now there's a lot of um, field corn, there's tobacco, there's some squash, there's watermelons. Um, gosh, those are the things that I think of off the bat. There's, there's tomatoes further south. There were just strawberries happening. Soon there'll be blueberries. Um, so those things are all grown, you know, in a commercial context. Um, and, you know, that's an interesting thing because I, I feel like the, the bulk of the more diversified Farms are much smaller, take up a lot, you know, are very, very small in terms of how much land we're, we're actually accounting for altogether, you know. Um, but, and I, I think I've, I've heard before that Alaska County, I think, imports about 95% of its food supply or something crazy like that. So, you know, it's kind of a drop in the bucket right now, but it's, really growing very quickly too so hopefully hopefully it'll be you know what everybody knows soon sooner than later people will be coming they'll be coming you know on the train from portland oregon (laughs) with their their suitcase full of seeds and they'll say hey we heard gainesville was awesome (laughs) that'll be the day that'll be that'll be amazing i it's hard to imagine somehow, but yeah, I think you know. There's a lot, actually our next door neighbor is a, a cattle farmer as well. That's another thing that the people do. But uh, yeah, it's and people grow citrus around here, so it's uh. And you probably have a lot of suburbia. Yes, yes. Lots of counties. Not the densest of counties, but. In terms of population, but it's you know most of the population is around the university in Gainesville. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful place. There's there's springs here. I feel like that's the redeeming springs and rivers in the summertime. You have to get to the water, and we're not at the ocean, so we have all these freshwater springs and rivers that keep us alive. And. Now you're in. You're in two. You're in two years. You're like deeply in. There's some springs and rivers. It's 100 degrees outside. Um, are you gonna? Are you gonna make it? Are you? Um, are you? Are you hooked? Are you? Que- are you still questioning? Like, do you even have time to question? You know, what? Are, um, what's it? What's it like being where you are right now? Yeah. Well, 
I, I feel like I yeah, actually my partner Zach is moving at the end of this season. He's going west, and um, so that that'll be a whole different um era for the farm, I believe. And um, but you know, for now, we're we're certainly gonna go next season, and I feel like the CSA. And the and the farming part of it are kind of the kind of the heart of something that really there's a lot more to. I mean, I I consider what we're doing almost like a process of um, trying to develop a place, develop a, a land-based way of living that is sustainable and that can be kind of a model for people to learn from and to come to and, and be a part of and participate in and hopefully we can, you know, have some kind of some some good sharing of new ways to do things that are that are a little more um a little more a little less demanding on 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 our Are you trying to find the solution to the world's problems right there in Gainesville? <laughs> No, no, no. I wouldn't do such a thing. No, it's, you know, we do, we'll do what we can, I guess. But, it, like I said, I, I think I think where we are in Florida is such a, um, we have so much to catch up with, I feel like. You know, ideas come down here a lot later than they land other places sometimes. And so, what's like, been happening for years out <laughs> out west or up, up in the northeast like is like brand new thing here oftentimes and so we can kind of i feel like it makes it easy to predict the future too sometimes you can, <laughs> you, can just, you can just look elsewhere and see what's happening and be like oh soon we'll do this you know it gives gives a little like we feel like pioneers even though we're doing nothing new you know a lot of ways. Well, and there's this wonderful thing that we have that those pioneers didn't have, which is called the internet. What a blessing! True. Yeah, I was just describing to somebody that was visiting the farm. We just had lunch. Uh, they're they're visiting from a little further south, and they came with their their children, and we made made lunch together and, and ate it. And they, uh, we were talking about, or I was t- I was relating to them how the newsletter that we for the CSA, like I have, I have a phone, and I would, I would write, I would write. Sometimes I would even write it on my phone, like typing little, you know, the little tiny keypad on my phone, and then take pictures with my phone, and then write up like a, a list of the vegetables, put it, put it all in an email with a rest, with a recipe or two, and send it to my friend Walton, who's like a graphic designer I grew up with. And then he would email it to my in-laws printing company and we would pick it up. We'd pick it up on the way into town to, to our market. And, you know, so then we can give everybody a newsletter caught off the same, same day. So, yeah, I don't think we could, I don't think we could have done those things, you know, (laughs) even five or ten years ago, really. Yeah, you know, and and so many of the seasonal migrations of 
migrant and immigrant and sometimes illegal workers are coordinated entirely through cell phones. And, you know, if you yeah. have a BlackBerry or, a, or an iPhone, the number of apps that you can use, and we have a bunch of stuff on, like, irrigation coordination, you know, it really huh. is a supercomputer in your pocket, and, and if, we, if we think of it that way... Um, yeah, I, actually, I, I was curious to see what you guys had posted about that because my friend sent me a link about it, and I never, like, fully checked it out. So. Well, there's a couple stuff up on the blog that you should check out, and then there's my, one up on FarmHack about our, 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 what's it called, Garduina or Arduino. Okay. Uh, yeah, Zach, Zach and I will joke with each other that we're like iPhone farmers, you know. <laughs> make fun, yeah, make fun of ourselves. <laughs> uh, also, I noticed on Hipstamatic that I I program that is really good for farm pictures. We did a whole bunch of yeah. glamour shots with the cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty great. Yeah, I need to get it. I need to get more more uh, funky with it. Probably, I, I just do like you know pastoral. <laughs> Pastoral aesthetic. Yeah. Well, so all all sounds like it's doing pretty well down there in Florida. And um, if anybody's listening who's from Florida and interested to tune into the farm scene, I'm sure that um, a great place to stop on that journey would be Swallowtail CSA and and give a call to Noah, see if if he can if he can use some help and you can get tuned in and. Uh, turned on to all that is to come in in the local food movement there. And thank you so much for joining me today. Oh yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for inviting me to be part of it. Art. Great. And yeah, certainly if anybody wants to come stop by, or we'd love having people. So. Right on. Well, all the best to you. All the best to our listeners. And happy spring. This is behind-the-scenes food news with Katie Kiefer. All of the trade papers are just buzzing with the information that Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, has decided that he is only going to eat food that he himself has killed, as in proteins. So uh, thus far, he's um, killed a goat, a pig, a chicken, and some fish. But he's going to start hunting, he says, so that he can, you know, basically be more mindful of what he is putting in his mouth and into his body. And um, to quote a CNN Money article, he says, This year, my personal challenge is around being thankful for the food I have to eat. I think many people forget that a living being has to die for you to eat meat. So my goal revolves around not letting myself forget that and being thankful for what I have. This year, I've basically become a vegetarian since the only meat I'm going to eat is from animals I've killed myself. And thus far, this has been a good experience. I'm eating a lot healthier foods, and I've learned a lot more about sustainable farming and the raising of animals. This has been Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Keefe. Nicole Taylor is always the first to talk with new and exciting personalities in the food world on her show, Hot Grease. Check out a little clip. Everything is super sweet in the Heritage Radio Network studios today. We're chatting with Fanny Gerson. Fanny is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America and the 2011 James Beard Foundation Cookbook Award nominee. Oh, my God. We fry in bed style. We have to talk dough. 
donuts. I'm going to have to say, Fanny, I don't know if you know this. I was definitely the first person in Brooklyn to start talking about it. <laughs> Did you know that? I, I knew that last time I saw you. Ah. But I didn't know that before. So we have to talk dough. I mean, it, it is it is a bona fide phenomenon in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm so excited to be part of it. I, and I can't believe it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was just telling you before the show that uh, I think about a month ago, I went to dough on a Sunday at 2 o'clock and all the donuts You like what you hear? You can hear Hot Grease every Monday at 3.30 p.m. live on Heritage Radio 